0: For those of you listening to this podcast in the good old U.S. of A., you've probably already had your Thanksgiving celebration. For those of you in Canada, your holiday was celebrated, well, about a month and a half ago. And for those listening in France, you're just dumbfounded about the things we eat on this day, year after year. This year, Thanksgiving will be easy for me. We're going to a friend's house. I only have to make the dressing and take a couple bottles of wine, and take two gallons of the spring water that we drink. It comes from the famous Butner Hill Spring. Well, not very famous, but it is pure and delicious. This is Ernie Johnson, founder of Anashira. I thank Anashira for sponsoring these podcasts. We've celebrated our seven-month anniversary of these stories. I just realized that. Boy, it's passed quickly. We have a little different experience for you today, so let's get into this week's story from Anashira. Well, I was sitting down with my sponsor about a couple of weeks ago, and uh They had a request. They said, we'd like you to talk about making soap. Christmas shopping season is coming and people will be thinking about what to buy. And it's probably a good time to tell them how you do it. So people will be thinking about their gifts and what to give their friends and the people in their offices. So tell them about the whole process, but don't give them any secrets. We don't want people stealing this stuff from you. Okay, you know... I'd really rather be talking about getting attacked by fire ants in the Amazon rainforest or goose-stepping through East Berlin in front of a bunch of Russian soldiers when I was a kid or waking up backpacking high in the Sierra Nevadas one morning to see a rattlesnake coiled about a foot and a half away from my head. Those are stories, but no, okay, just kidding. We're going to talk a little about soap making today. Now, some of you may have heard about Foxfire, about Foxfire Magazine, and this is a magazine that was published quarterly starting in 1966. It was from a private secondary school in the Georgia mountains. And it had articles based on students' interviews with local people talking about the aspects and practices of their lives in the Appalachian Mountains. This was published in a series of books later. Now, you can find them today, but really only used and in paperbacks. So my friend Clifton Buckner brought me a couple of those books several years ago, and I read through them, and I was fascinated. So I bought one, and it had some very interesting chapters in it. If you look at the cover the Foxfire book. And uh, man, it costs 10 bucks back when it was first published. And it's pretty well used now. And the chapters were some of them hog dressing, log cabin building, mountain crafts and foods, planting by the signs, snake lore, hunting tales, faith healing, moonshining, and other affairs of plain living. And they also had a chapter on soap making. I'd like to read to you from a couple of interviews in this chapter. First of all was an interview with Mrs. Carrie Dillard Garrison. And she said, You had to save your ashes. And we always burned hickory wood whenever we could. So when we got ready to take up the ashes, we had a big barrel with both ends out of it. And we had it on a slanted board. We had a trough to catch the lye already and we'd wet the ashes and put them in an ash hopper and save them. We usually waited until the spring of the year to make our soap, and in the meantime, we'd save up all the old grease that happened to accumulate around the place. Pieces of tallow, suet, things we didn't eat, and cook that out. And then we'd carry the water. Nobody ever had running water in those days. We'd carry the water and throw over the ashes and drip the lye. Then we'd put the grease and lye in a pot and boil it. Boil it down till it got hard, and then we'd use that for soap. Andrea Burrell said, when interviewing her mother, when we asked about putting perfume in the soap, I thought she'd never stop laughing. Mrs. Harriet Eccles said, if they wanted, as they called it, flavored or perfume soap, they got the little heart leaves from the woods where we found the little brown jugs in the spring. Ginger. You remember? So that would make the flavored soap. They take out some of this and put it in another vessel and put in the little heart leaves into flavor. Just let the heart leaves sit in the soap. And when they cut it out, they pull the leaves out. That flavored the soap, made it smell good. We used about two pounds of grease to a gallon of lye. Wow, this process is radically different from how I make my soap. My process begins with milking the goats, got to milk them every day. And uh, when I milk them, I, of course, feed them a mix of sweet feed and corn, and I take them treats. I've told you about this before. Then I bring this milk home in a milk can, and I filter it, and I put it in a container, and I refrigerate it. And after it's in the refrigerator, I wash these two buckets and milk can out with water and soap, and when that milk is cooled down, I freeze it in different weights, because each type of soap needs a different amount of frozen milk, and I develop my recipes. Now, you can go online and get what they call a calculator, and you input each of the different waxes and oils that you're going to use in your soap, and they will tell you how much water and how much lye to use for a safe mix. I use milk, not water. So this calculation is only approximate because the milk has fat in it and that changes the whole thing. So you calculate it and then you make a batch of it and it will tell you how much of the scent essence to put in. So you make a test batch and you set it to cure. Now it takes four to five, sometimes six weeks for a soap to cure before you can use it. It has to go through the process of saponification. This is when the oils and the waxes combine in a chemical process with the milk and the lye to become soap. So the lye is not toxic anymore. And uh, after you do this, then you can try this soap and you see if you like it. Now, nine times out of 10, after you make a first batch, no, let me change that. 10 times out of 10, it isn't right. So you decide what you're going to change and you make another batch and you sit and you wait four to six weeks and then you try the soap and you let some other people try it and you get feedback, mostly from yourself and you say, ah, this is not quite good, I'm going to make another batch and I'm going to put a little more of this in and I'm going to change that and you add or subtract some of the scent essences and you make another batch. So I've got one batch of soap, one type that I've been developing for two years and uh, it's just right now at the point where I'm going to put it on the market. So let's talk about some of the ingredients that go into this soap. If you've bought any of my soaps or you go online, you can see the ingredients in each of them. And I use a different mix of ingredients for each soap. And I choose them for certain properties they have. Now, every one of my soaps contains olive oil. I like olive oil, it has antioxidant properties. These are legendary for nourishing the skin and fighting the signs of aging. It's extremely mild. Combines well with other oils. I use shea butter. This originates from a nut bearing tree in Central Africa. It has a buttery texture and easily soaks into the skin. Coconut oil is great for soothing dryness and even irritation from rashes. It not only brings a temporary relief to the skin, but it yields a nice fluffy lather. Uh, I forgot to tell you about olive oil. The olive oil we use here is the same olive oil that we cook with and that I use in my salad dressings. That's how high the quality is. Castor oil is an effective moisturizer, and emollient. It increases the skin's elasticity. And you know, any of these ingredients, if you just take them and rub them on your skin one at a time, you'll see your skin feels better. It looks better. I use rice bran oil. It is said that it improves the skin's elasticity, making it appear more youthful and plump, and it boosts the skin's natural regenerative process. Macadamia nut oil protects the skin and produces a stable, conditioning lather. Babassu oil has anti-inflammatory and antioxidant properties. It also helps harden the soaps. I use avocado oil It is said to nourish the skin with essential vitamins and make it glow. It has beta-carotenes and liposine, two of the organic compounds found in large quantities within it. Sunflower oil is rich in vitamin E, which improves the skin's health and helps regenerate cells. And these are some of the properties of the ingredients in my soaps. I'd like to mention here some of the things that I don't use. I don't use animal fats or any animal products. I don't use any petroleum-based products. I don't use palm oil, although it's very cheap. But it's causing loss of habitat for mountain gorillas and orangutans in Sumatra, in the mountains of Borneo. I don't like what this is doing to our world, and I won't use that product. So I take a big pan and I chop up a bunch of ice and I put it in this pan. Then I put another pan over it. And in that pan, I take the frozen goat's milk, which I've crushed, and I put it in that pan. And then I add the lye crystals, mixing it slowly. It takes about 10 minutes. Carefully, I mix the lye with the frozen soap. Now, if I didn't freeze the soap, the lye would react with the fat in the milk and it would burn it and you would never be able to make a good soap from it. So I mix this up carefully. Before I do that, I've measured out all the oils and the waxes and I brought them up to a certain temperature in a pot. I have a big pot I use. I didn't tell you. I wear safety glasses, a long sleeve shirt, Rubber gloves. Um, very careful not to get this lye anywhere where my family could touch it or my dog. I then carefully pour the milk and lye mixture into the oils, and I mix them by hand. And at the same time, I pour in the scent essences. And I do this for four minutes. Uh oh, that's a trade secret. These people are going to be upset at me for telling you that. For an indeterminate period of time, I mix him. I then take a stick blender and, uh, electric blender. And I use that to mix it up thoroughly. And you have to get it to a certain point. It's called trace. And different soaps have a different trace period. So, uh, You mix it and you mix it and it it will look like, if you put a knife into it, it'll look sort of like, uh, it'll look like pancake batter. When it hits that point, then you have to pour it. If you mix it too little, uh, it won't turn into soap. If you mix it too much, it will start to solidify and you cannot pour it in your molds. So you then pour it ladle by ladle and you go through each bar of soap has its own mold and I make a bunch of molds and then you take it and then put a fan on it to keep the air circulating I have these on a table and I let it sit for one day maybe two days sometimes three days depending on how quickly it sets and then you can remove it from the mold and you put it on put it on a grate and you let it sit. And it sits for uh, four weeks. And you test it. And the way to test it to see if uh, all the lye has been converted into soap, put it, you touch it with the tip of your tongue, and if your tongue tingles, uh, then it needs more time. And it's not a very tasty process, but it's fairly accurate. So I have soaps curing in the house in several rooms right now. Uh, in three places, in fact. So, here's my challenge. Now, this soap will last for a long time. Uh, It doesn't go bad. But the scent essences evaporate. So, because these are so delicate, soap will last for only a certain period of time and the essences lose their strength And at that point, I won't sell it anymore. So this is going to be our first Christmas. And I don't know how many soaps I'm going to sell. I don't want to have too many. I don't want to have too few. So I'm doing a lot of calculations. And I hope I have the right amount. So I'm already getting big orders for Christmas. And I want to encourage you to go to Anashira.com and make your purchases as soon as you can so you get the soaps before I run out of them. Be sure to use your discount code STORIES15 and you'll get your discount of 15%. Okay, Anashira, I thank you for your sponsorship. Every now and then you tell me what to feature in my podcast and I do it. Mostly you leave me on my own Folks, I thank you for buying our fine soaps and for listening to these stories from Anashira.